Hello and welcome to Maddox on the Mic. In this podcast, which is the first of two special podcasts for Breast Cancer Awareness Month brought to you by Maddox Women, we'll be talking about breast cancer screening and sharing one woman's experience with breast cancer and the importance of early detection. My name is Alicia Aubrey. I'm a partner in the Maddox Sydney property team and I'm also the co-chair of Maddox Women, our employee resource group, which is focused on the professional development of female partners and staff and furthering gender equity at the firm. My pronouns are she and her. I'm joined today by Jodie Hill, who will be sharing her breast cancer journey with us. Before I ask Jodie to introduce herself, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise the continuing deep connection to lands, waters and community. I'm recording today on the land of the Wongal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders past and present and emerging and extend that respect to all First Nations people listening to this podcast. Jodie Hill, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. I'd like to start by asking you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, Alicia. Um, as Alicia said, my name's Jodie Hill. I'm currently 51 years old. I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2018, so I was 47, about just about to turn 48. I have a husband and two grown sons. At the time, they were 18 and 20, so old enough to understand what was happening and probably be supportive, but also be impacted in different ways, I suppose. I live in Queensland, so I'm actually between Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast in an area called Caboolture. Um, moved from Sydney many, many years ago and actually went to high school with Alicia, so we know each other fairly well. Uh, I work currently as a teacher aide. I'm actually a qualified teacher, but when I moved up here, did various roles and decided that it was far less stressful being in education. So by being a teacher aide, I can do my job without having to worry about the stresses, which in hindsight was perfect for what I need to go through. I, I'm in learning support, so I teach small children how to, how to read, what we call prep, which is kindergarten through to year two. So a fairly active and demanding job. Excellent. Thanks, Jodie. So you say you were diagnosed with breast cancer at 47. Um, mm-hmm. How did you discover the cancer? I didn't discover it. It was just a routine mammogram. Um, so every um, two years, the, the very first Monday at the beginning of the school holidays, I would book in and off I would go for my mammogram. So I just did it as a matter of course, thought nothing of it, of course, um, until I got a call back a couple of days later. Hmm. So was, was that through breast screen? I know that um, a lot of women wait until they're 50 to go for their first mammogram. Yes, yes, it was breast screen. So what happened to me many years ago, I think my firstborn was probably one or two years old, so I'm going back maybe 20 years. Of course, everything was a little bit different to how it was is nowadays in terms of screening, but um, I had what I thought was a lump and went to my GP who sent me to the local hospital to see specialist. I was concerned because my cousin had died of breast cancer and she was only 46 when she passed away. I now know that a cousin isn't exactly a direct familial link, so it's not so much of a a concern, but it worried me at the time. And and he said, look, you've got reasonably dense breasts, which we all do when when we're younger. And he said, given that your cousin passed away from it, of course, now it's different. He said, I do recommend you start having mammograms in your 40s. So I just filed that information away. And then as I went on in life, things cropped up. Another, a previous job that I had, um, I was working family daycare and one of the ladies that I supervised, she was only in her 40s and she got breast cancer. 
And she made everybody, all of us, literally touch her boob to feel these lumps. She said, I want you to know what this feels like. You've got to know, you've got to check. So as you get older, I guess, and we learn more about it, certainly breast screen, the McGrath Foundation, all of that was very active by the time that happened to me. So I guess education and awareness. Um, so I always made sure that I had those checks. And I think I started at about 44. That was So when it was detected, it was actually my third screening. And I just go in, 10 minutes, in, out, think nothing of it. And I went on the Monday and it was funny because I used to just ring up and make your appointment via phone, which I had done. But then it became that you could make an appointment online. So I went on and did that. And in my ignorance, I thought when the phone rang and they said it's breast cancer or breast breast screening Queensland, what's your date of birth? And I thought, oh, I've created two profiles. It did, didn't even occur to me to be worried that I'd gotten the call. I immediately thought I had made a mistake and had listed myself twice. So I just up. Oh, gave them my date of birth and thought nothing of it and that's when she said look we we have found something in your mammogram and because I had a baseline so being my third mammogram they actually obviously keep your previous mammograms on file and they compare that's part of what they do so they checked against the baseline of the previous two and and saw a very very tiny what turned out to be five millimeter so size of a rice of a grain grain of rice and just said look it needs further assessment and being on holidays I was very available it was coming up to Christmas by the way too so obviously I wanted to get all of this sort of thing over and done with as quickly as possible and I could the next available appointment I think was a Thursday so this was the Monday um, so I went in on the Thursday um, up to an assessment centre so New South Wales has exactly the same same uh, setup you're detected you're sent to an assessment centre where they further investigate at that stage I knew our friend Donna had been through it. So um, so I rang her immediately. So I've got to go to this assessment, what is going to happen? Because I, I can cope with anything, but I need to know what's going to happen. And thank goodness she talked me through because I knew exactly when I got there, what was going to happen. They either send you home, they ask you to stay. If they ask you to stay, you know, they found something and that's exactly what happened. So um, I was very prepared when I walked in the door, feeling much better knowing who was going to do what and, and the process that was going to going to take. Now, that must have been incredibly helpful. Um, for any of the listeners out there, if you look back in the Maddox Back catalogue, we spoke to Donna um, this time last year about her breast cancer journey. She's had um, three, three rounds of breast cancer and um, is an amazing, supportive and um, courageous person. So, um, Jodes, can you um, tell me tell me about the treatment then? So, after the diagnosis, mm-hmm. what what mm-hmm. um, what then happened? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I went through the day. I was asked to stay back, so I knew that they would take a biopsy. So, I already knew there was something to look at, but they said, "Look, we just need to investigate further." All very encouraging. Fantastic support staff at these uh, assessment centres because they see this all day every day you know the volunteer lady runs around giving you a cup of tea and bickies there's two different waiting rooms one is for you if you have your husband and there's another waiting room for ladies who are on their own so you know that that's they've got extra support in that room if people aren't able to have somebody with with them had the biopsy had the mammograms had the ultrasounds Two doctors then go off or they all confer and they said, yes, look, there is something there. We, we're not sure what it is yet, but we're going to do the biopsy, which they did. And I think I was actually the last lady to leave. And the, the nurse said, 
look, love, I have seen this all the time and this is so tiny and you've got it so early. No matter what happens, you're going to be fine. So <laughs> I get a bit emotional. <laughs> so no, um, I knew leaving there that it was going to be okay and that made such a difference. So that support from day one, I knew and I trusted and the confidence that I had in those people to know that they see this all day, every day, I, I was never really in fear for my life I I knew it was going to be okay so that was uh, Thursday we had to go through Christmas which was okay because I knew I was going to be okay oh no I had to go to the specialist that's right I went straight away to um, the specialist I I was a private patient um, which I thank the Lord for now because otherwise I may have had to wait till after Christmas to actually see and as anyone who's gone through breast cancer will tell you it's those waiting periods that absolutely do your head in so to be able to get that seen to before Christmas and again the surgeon um, said look this looks extremely early I really don't think it will have gone to any lymph nodes these are the different things that could happen and took me through every single scenario whether it was going to be a lumpectomy which is what happened uh, I may need hormone therapy I may not took me through every single scenario so again I left there before Christmas being told there is no rush go and have your Christmas you'll be fine we'll book you in and we'll go from there. So after Christmas, that's exactly what happened. Went to the hospital, just a day stay. Again, there were some procedures I had to go through. My sister-in-law had been through breast cancer. So again, I rang her and said, what's going to happen? So she took me through the day because the day is quite long. You don't just get your pre-med and go to sleep. You have to have markers put in and and um, different procedures. Dye has to go into your lymph nodes. So again, I knew in advance what was going to happen. You do have to do it on your own, obviously, so that was a little bit confronting. But, you know, you get through it. The surgery, home the next day, and then you heal. So you wait six weeks uh, or thereabouts to make sure that the scar has healed and everything's okay. There's no post-operative infection. Uh, and then radiation. So I didn't require chemo. So everything that that nurse had told me was correct. It was tiny. It was five millimetres long. You have to wait for the test to come back to actually give you the pathology of it so that they know what they're looking at. It was an extremely low grade, very early breast cancer. I call it the garden variety. She said, if you're going to have a breast cancer, this is the best one to have. I had the radiation, which they was really just a mopping up. So there were no lymph uh, cells floating around, but they do it anyway, just to make sure. And it was still the full six weeks. So no matter what your age, and I think the earlier you are, they hit you a little bit strong with everything. So that I had the full six week, which was the 20, 25 doses, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, which is every day. So every weekday, you might've got one day off when they were doing uh, maintenance on the machines, but therein lies the hard work, the radiation, the trips to the hospital, trying to fit in into your work day, the the tiredness of, of, and I'm not quite sure whether it actually was the radiation that was tiring me or if it was the travel because I had to go into uh, Brisbane itself. So I would catch the train in if Scott wasn't able to take me. And so it was a good, you know, for a 15 minute treatment, it was a good two or three hours for yeah. sometimes on a Friday afternoon before we got home in traffic. So yeah, the radiation after that, everything was clear. And now I just have uh, yearly checks. Uh, next one's coming up next next month. So that's then five years of yearly checks. I also, every six months, I have to go to my oncologist. So it's six months on, six months off. So one six month, I will see the oncologist. The next, I will see my breast surgeon. And the oncologist um, is to check 
any side effects that may have remained from the ray radiation. I haven't had any. I didn't have any edema or swelling that a lot of other ladies have where they have to have compression sleeves and all that sort of thing. But they check your skin and they say that effects can actually go on up to 20 years. With my radiation, it was on, the cancer was on my left breast. So that was near your heart. So I actually had to do a particular procedure each treatment where I had to hold my breath. And they call that deep inspiration breath hold. Um, and you've got to hold your breath, which apparently I did very well. I don't know why I'm such a good <laughs> breath holder. I think I used to play games in the, in the bath when I was a kid to see how long I could hold my breath. But you had to hold your breath for so many seconds and hold a steady line, which was a pro projection up on the ceiling. You had to do like when you're taking a panoramic shot and you've got to keep mm. that line steady. <laughs> and you hold your breath until they've done the zap. And that is to move your heart up and away from, um, sorry, the beam away from your heart. So there is still a risk that, uh, and one will never know until many years down the track if your heart is affected, but there is a risk of it. So they do like to check on all those sorts of things for, for five years. Yeah, right. So um, have you made any conscious changes to your day-to-day -day life as a result of having had either the cancer or that, that treatment? Ironically, I had made most of the changes before that happened. I, I lost a lot of weight at the time, so it was probably the best I had been. I still do drink my wine, I will give that my boobs absolutely deflated to nothing so I think that may have even helped with the when that was detected in the mammogram because there was not much left of them more so in how I, I look at life and I was chatting with you the other day about a good friend of mine who helped me through the breast cancer she was, used to bring me home and um, she hates having her birthday and I get so angry with her every week you and I talked about that how I almost felt like a mm. fraud because it wasn't bad enough but I now know that every birthday is a celebration, not just for me, but every other woman that I know who has gone through it, who have had it far worse than, than I am, every year, have that birthday, celebrate it. So my outlook on life is probably a little bit different. Take every day as it comes, all of that, you know, live, laugh, love. But yeah, physically, I haven't had to make too many changes in, in that regard. The weight, unfortunately, that menopause witch that hangs over my shoulder has taken care of that for me. So... <laughs> Um, no, other than my outlook on life, I haven't had to make any major changes. Just, yeah, almost forget it happens sometimes. Yeah. Until and until this, this time of the year when I know I've got to go for the check again. Yeah. Oh, well, good. a big shout out to Liz for um, <laughs> the, oh. um, the Jodie and, and Liz make us all laugh once a week. So your outlook on life is um, shared by, by a wide friend group. So thank you both for, um, for bringing that love and laughter to us all. Yes. Um, but tell me, Jodie, um, what role did early detection have um, in your cancer not being more serious? That's hard to know because, as they said, it wasn't a low grade. There are so many different types of breast cancer and you get on these forums and sometimes it's information overload because so many different women have different types, um, different positives, different negatives. The pathology of it is very difficult. So even though she did tell me it was the lowest grade, she said it wasn't aggressive, so I don't know. I, you know, it, It's fearful had I waited till I was 50 and not 47 whether things would have been a different story or would it have just become a low-grade low lump, I don't know. But, you know, you've got to have those mammograms early. And Breast Screen Queensland, uh, certainly WA, I think, actually led, have led the, the way in their advertising now. Um, and as I said, that's been four years since I started my journey. But 
if it's the one thing I belong to on Facebook, there's a group called Can at 40, Do at 45. And it's all about trying to get um, the awareness out there that you can have mammograms from 40 because they will advertise it's from 50 because 75% of breast cancers are in women from 50 to 75. And so there is an active recruitment at 50 in that people will receive a letter like similar to the, the um, bowel screening saying, inviting them to go for a mammogram. So therefore, that's where the advertising dollar goes, but they don't make so much of a noise that you can have it from 40. And when I look at our cohort from school, Donna, myself, and another one of our girls have had breast cancer. Two of them were before 40. I was before 50. So 25, if 75% are from 50 onwards, that leaves 25% of women aged under 50 who get breast cancer. And so many women are not aware that they can have mammograms from 40. It is a screener. You can't go to breast screen if, if you have a lump or if there are problems. It's for w healthy women who want to start screening. And even a, a colleague at my work, her mother had breast cancer and was just coming out of her five years as I was going into it. Her daughter was not even aware that she could be screened at 40. So it is so important that people know that because, no, I don't know where I would be had I waited to 50. It may not be terrible, but it might have been terrible. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. this October, this Breast Cancer Awareness Month, what yep. would your message be to all women? Get the screening. Tell anyone you know who is 40, about to turn 40, tell them they are allowed to get screened. It's free. It's not advertised, but they can do it. Please start doing it because, you know, I'm living proof that you get it early, you get it out and, and it's over and done with. Wait to 50 and you don't know, don't know what you're looking for. By all means, do the, the self-checks. You still need to do that. But having that those baseline mammograms was so important because they could see straight up that that was not normal for my breast and that was at the third screening. So start as early as you can. Think nothing of it. You go in no more than 10 minutes and you're out again. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jodie Hill, for generously and openly sharing your personal story today. No Listeners, problem. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for tuning in. If you liked this episode, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and keep an eye or ear out for the second Maddox Women Breast Cancer Awareness Month podcast in which I'll be talking to Professor Felice Jacker, Director of the Food and Mood Centre at Deakin University.